0: Welcome, Investigator. Evil is on the rise. Crime is escalating. Our mission is to eliminate the crime by exposing evil, examine why it manifests, and highlight the brave souls that confront it every day. Join us as we work together to bring justice to every victim. Welcome to All Things Crime. Here's your host, Jared Bradley. Hey,
1: everybody. It's Jared. Welcome to another episode of All Things Crime. I'm your host, and uh, I have an amazing guest today with me. Name's Kenneth Strange, and this guy has all sorts of accolades, but um, he's also an author. And so we're going to talk about his book. It's called A Cop's Son, One G-Man's Fight Against Jihad, Global Fraud, and the Cartels. And, you know, in order to have a book that's even titled that way, you got to have all sorts of experience. And so we're going to get into some of Kenneth's um, experience with different Law enforcement agencies, including um, well the FBI, and then some of his experiences, you know, fighting the cartels and and things like that. So I'm I'm really excited about it. And Kenneth, welcome
0: to the show. Jared, thank you very much for having me. It's it's a real real pleasure.
1: Oh, the pleasure is mine. I appreciate you coming on. Especially by the time everybody's reading this, they'll be somewhat recovered from eating too much at thanksgiving i'm sure but you know that's actually as we're recording this as tomorrow so happy thanksgiving if so i don't forget happy and um what yeah to you uh, it's uh, you're in california correct
0: yes i'm in uh thousand oaks california maybe a stone's throw away from the pacific ocean
1: wow well there's worse places to be that's for sure you know it's funny um as I was getting out of the Army, I actually got offered a position with a pharmaceutical company in Thousand Oaks, California. And I got looking at what they were going to pay me as a brand new rep and what it cost out there. And I was like, man, I, I can't do that. I got a I got a wife and young daughter <laughs> to support. <laughs> like, I'd be in an apartment at best. And well, um,
0: Jared, let me guess, uh, that company wouldn't be Amgen Pharmaceutical, would it?
1: Amgen. no actually it wasn't although amgen um I, that's one of the ones that i think everybody wanted to go to so back back before the they destroyed their reputation
0: yeah no amgen is actually uh, you know it's in our it's in our town
1: oh very nice well like i said thousand oaks is absolutely beautiful and and uh, i hope you enjoy things out there christmas is a little different though you don't uh, your chance of getting a white christmas is pretty
0: low <laughs> No, slim, uh, slim to none. You'd have to, uh, you know, jump in your car and drive uh, maybe, maybe two and a half, three hours, and you'd be in the uh, in the mountains. Right. Well, I just have to look out
1: my my window, and usually, usually around Christmas time, there's all sorts of white out there. So oh, nice, very um, nice. Yeah. Well, you'll have to come uh, come visit Utah someday when when you're on your book tour.
0: I'd love to. It's a it's a wonderful state, that's for sure.
1: Absolutely. So let's get into you and your career. And can I just, as I was reading, you know, I have to read this. I, I think the audience would be interested in this. And this is off of Barnes and Noble. So I think out of all of the um, descriptions, I think this one is one of the best. So it said, Ken served with three federal agencies pursuing criminals and bad actors, which is always awesome. That that was input from me, by the way. Those agencies were the FBI the U.S. Agency for International Development and the Department of Justice. His service to those agencies brought him into conflict with jihadists, the cartels and international perpetrators of fraud. So, I mean, I could read more, but Ken, first of all, how do you even end up with three different, you know, federal agencies like that?
0: you know that ter- that's a terrific question and I, you know i suppose it has uh, something to do with my nature i guess uh, i i've been described as a bit a uh, bit of a gypsy you know moving on to uh, you know i see something i think i like and all of a sudden i'm i'm there but you know that's i guess that's also a part of curiosity it's uh, you know taking taking a chance on something just and, and just a few uh, turns within my life meeting certain people that kind of opened doors for me where I would close one door and then the next door would open. And I'd say, hey, why not? This sounds like, an, like a pretty cool uh, chance to do something different, to learn something uh, different.
1: Interesting. So I, I guess, you know, I well, which one was first, the FBI?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I started out uh, with the F- FBI, although, you know, law enforcement wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't start off wanting to be in law enforcement. Actually, I had Envisioned myself in academia as as a teacher, and and that that's how I actually started out. I was a high school Spanish teacher, you know. Did that for a few years in New York, and then then went overseas to the Middle East to Saudi Arabia. I taught English as a second language in Riyadh. To uh, my my first uh, contract was with the uh, a school for the royal family, so I did that did that work about uh, six years in the Middle East. And, and, you know, it wasn't until I got back to the United States, you know, went for a, uh, my MBA out in Arizona that, you know, the FBI came to our campus and they were recruiting. I, I sat down, I actually sat down with a fella from Salt Lake City. I remember he was a Mormon and we, we spoke and he said, you know, we're, we're looking you know, we at the FBI, we're looking for people like you with your background. You speak Spanish, you're bilingual Spanish, and you can come in under that program if you pass the test. But, you know, you also have some, you know, experiences in the Middle East, and that might serve us because we're, we're seeing this international terrorism kind of burgeoning and, and maybe maybe heading our way to the United States. So, you know, think about it. And, and, and I did. I, I, I thought about it and I said, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll get into the application process. And, 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 you know, that's what I did. And eventually that led me uh, into the FBI.
1: Interesting. So how, how much Arabic do you speak?
0: So I have, uh, you know, just it's basic Arabic. I, I, could, I could barely write my name in Arabic, but I did take courses in graduate school Middle East politics, Arabic as well, so uh, a little bit enough, you know, enough to make some uh, small talk, you know, which could get me into trouble with jihadists. Well, I'd
1: say just about anything can could, get you in trouble with jihadists, but yeah, I. Point. It's it's interesting that they actually the, the FBI re- actually recruits a ton of people out of Utah. Oh yeah, because of so many LDS missionaries, and, and yes, we are, yes, in fact, I I was one. Uh, oh okay okay. Japan. Yeah. Yeah, I went to Japan on my mission, so oh, I used wow, wow. to speak pretty decent Japanese. But, you know, there, Japan isn't isn't really known for, you know, creating jihadists or or terrorist types and so
0: yeah. it didn't all, really all, apply, but all, although Jared, I you know, I'd have to point out you you mentioned Japan, we did have one case in my uh, my field office uh, in my squad because, you know, I was working with a squad called C-10. It was a joint terrorism task force squad. And as soon as I got onto the squad, and this was a, I mean, this was high profile and it was, I like to use the term high octane squad. It was, you know, these men and women that were in over our heads with all kinds of, you know, I, I kind of call it now, I call it like a terrorism candy store in this squad because, we had everything from all over the world coming at us uh, right here just outside new york city and in, in newark new jersey but one of the cases was a uh, japanese red japanese red army bomber and we had uh, that case percolating so you know he, yeah he wasn't a jihadist per se but he was also he was traveling to the middle east and 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 doing his training uh, there
1: yeah well, I, I need to put an asterisk by that. Of course, the, there's a, there's crazy people in every community. But, I mean, you had that sarin gas guy that, you know, released the sarin gas. and Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. In, in the right. subway. That's and, right. In Tokyo, right? Yeah, he was some kind of a weird fundamentalist. And, you know, yes. good thing he didn't know anything about sarin gas. And that was that was actually my specialty in, in the military. I was oh, wow. an NBC oh. officer. And so yeah that was one of our case studies we were you know going through that and you know if that if that genius had known oh, well, that sarin gas sinks you know most of it actually went down by the tracks otherwise you right. know he could have um off, I mean off. it was with the exception of how the the gas was deployed I think it would would have killed probably 10x what it actually did so Yes
0: yes I remember reading reading about that the fella that we had was Yu Kikamura, Yu Kikamura, and uh, he was actually uh, caught on the uh, New Jersey Turnpike by a, a New Jersey State Trooper named Bob Saplinski, who ended up on our squad. You know, we we shared. We had we had a Secret Service agent in the squad. We had several New Jersey State Troopers. Saplinski, Bob Saplinski, being one of them, and again his. His fame was uh, taking down Yu Kikamura. And he was, Kikamura had a bomb in his car and he was on his way to uh, Times Square. He was going to put it at the, I think, a USO office in, um, you know, kind of, I think, downtown Manhattan, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they caught, you know, he caught him.
1: Wow. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. I I look back at our history and this is just kind of a tangent, but I, I look back at the, the history and it's not just the U.S. It's pretty much everywhere. You know, people that are just trying to do the right thing—they're just trying to live their lives—and you know, especially God-fearing people—and it just seems that in little things, there's there's these little divine in- interventions. I, I mean, I I'm a—I don't know if you can see behind me, but I was with the 101st Airborne with the oh, military. Oh wow, okay, and, yeah,
0: I see Airborne there. I see the Airborne. Yeah. There. Wow, wow.
1: And so that was quite the legacy to live up to. And so, I, you know, I've always been a history history nerd, and yeah, uh, I I love studying World War II. And when you look at different battles, you know, especially like the Battle of the Bulge and but even D Day, those kind of things. There's so many little little mistakes that the other side made that you you just have to look at it and you go, if that wasn't divine intervention, I don't know what is. Right, and and then right. you look at things, you know, even nine eleven. Yeah, we 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 lost almost three thousand, you know, citizens, and and that was a horrible, horrible day. But considering the World Trade Center between the two towers had what fifty to sixty thousand people that worked in there, yes, it, yes. it could have been easily ten x worse than what it was. So there
0: you go, could have been a lot, a lot worse. No, you're you're abs- you're absolutely right. You know, in the case of Kikamura, Saplinski note that he was, uh, I think he was at the Lombardi truck stop over there on the turnpike, and he was acting erratically. When he saw Saplinski's car, he started to, you know, uh, get nervous, and he would get out of his car, get back in the car, get out of the car, and he was just exhibiting all these, you know, signs of nervousness, extreme nervousness. So that's when that's when Bob engaged him, and it got worse. And then he, you know, can I look at your car and that type of thing. And 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 he saw the wires in the back of, back seat, and then they popped the trunk, and there's a bomb. So mm-hmm. you know, put him in cuffs, and and yeah, it was. I mean, had he not seen this guy acting nervously, who knows, right?
1: Yeah. Well, again, that's just one of those things that you look at it and you go, what was it that made you know. Is it Kikamura?
0: Yeah, you, you Kikamura. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, that little thing, you know, what is it that that attracted his attention that that prevented who knows what? You know, that could have killed uh, thousands of people if it was placed right. So exactly. But the fortunate thing, I, I think, as we battle uh, jihadists and and you know the some of the crazy people, you know, granted there's there's times when you have like the the Oklahoma city bombing where, you know, he actually understood a little bit about the, you know, the building and the structure of it and how much the explosives he needed. And so he, he caused a, a a lot of really bad damage there. Yes. But yeah, you know, fortunately most of these, most of these fundamentalists don't really have at, at least the people executing it. It's like the planners, they have, they have all sorts of knowledge, but, it's used. They don't usually recruit, uh, you know, electrical engineers to to take their bombs out and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, there's there's all sorts of all sorts of little, I, I don't want to call them blessings, but you know, just little little things that make it so. Yeah, it's usually a horrible. It doesn't matter even if you lose one life. Mm-hmm. But, right. Right. You know.
0: To be could be much, much. You can worse.
1: just go. Even the Boston, the Boston Marathon bombing. Right. I mean, how how much worse could that have been had they under right. understood explosives and and right. that kind of stuff a little better? So
0: you're, you're absolutely right. I guess some of it, you know, some of that can be credited to these lone lone wolves, who are kind of you know doing it because of the ideology, and you know, they're whipped up into a frenzy, but they're not they're not professional bombers. You're right.
1: Thanks for joining us. Your attention today brings us one step closer to exposing and eliminating the evil that brings crime to our communities. Hit subscribe and share this episode. Together, we will bring justice to every victim.